Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. In this episode, I'm interviewing Vedic astrologer and Ayurvedic practitioner Laura Plum on the great conjunction which is happening on the 21st of December 2020 and how the year 2021 could be from the lens of Vedic astrology. Laura is a very intuitive astrologer who goes deep into this subject and can relate and interpret this complex wisdom in a very simplified practical manner. And here we discuss how covid has changed the things in our lives and also with our collective consciousness. On one hand it created a lot of restrictions mental health issues insecurities but on the other hand it made us realize what is truly essential for our lives Laura also explains how the world will slowly transit from an adharmic consciousness to a dharmic consciousness in the year 2021 a very interesting discussion hope you enjoy and now we go over to Laura hello Laura namaste and thank you so much for coming back to my podcast it's really an honor and all the listeners if you haven't heard the previous podcast number 28 episode on vedic astrology that we did with laura before please listen to this it's a really eye opening thing especially when not many people are able to give a prediction what could happen in spite of vaccines and other things and what she said is something that we could relate and uh, today we are happy to have laura back and laura thank you so much for being back in my podcast thank you vignesh it's very nice to be with you i love your podcast And Laura I'm I'm curious and I'm quite excited also because you've been posting and uh, talking about the December 20th and 21st uh, with the conjunction that was happening and mm-hmm. you're saying that uh, this is like a once in a history event that is happening not so uh, often it's a very rare event that is going to happen on December 20th midnight so yeah, I, yeah sure. so I want to know uh, to you know in much more detail which which a layman can understand what exactly is happening and is there something that we need to be aware of or prepare ah well that's already itself a big question <laughs> first <laughs> what is happening is so you're familiar of course yes. with the saying which is my favorite yatha pindey tatha bramande mm-hmm. maybe you can say it more beautifully than i of course but it's this beautiful idea that in the microcosm is the macrocosm mm-hmm. often in english we say as above so below yes in the atom is the all in the personal is the universal so there is this a capacity that the ancient sages of the great indian vedic civilization gave us mm-hmm. which is this capacity to see that in the sky with the movement of the planets moving through the stars reflecting the light of the sun and the stars into the earth it creates these patterns it creates almost a matrix you might say mm-hmm. and that it has an influence on us it's electromagnetic energy it's gravitational energy it has this powerful um impact mm-hmm. so what's happening on on it's december 21st utc which is london or greenwich mean time and it's at 1616 that time uh what's happening then is that saturn and jupiter go conjunct meaning Saturn is still about 400 million miles away from Jupiter. They're not actually going to be touching. 
but they go into the same plane to the exact degree so that from our viewpoint we see them as if they are one hmm. planet or one star and that will be very very bright it's interesting because Saturn and Jupiter come together about every 20 years. Mm -hmm. That already is a, a significant space of time. They only have been together in Capricorn 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. And this kind of a conjunction at this exact degree happened maybe 800 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's significant in that these sort of planetary events don't happen all that often. Mm -hmm. The other significance is that it's, it's not known when the sage Jesus Christ was born, mm -hmm. there's of course some idea that he went to Kashmir. I think mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. may be familiar with that. Yes. And that he himself may have been bringing the yogic wisdom to the West. Mm -hmm. So what I think is pretty powerful is that there's an idea that perhaps he was born during one of the like three great conjunctions ago, right? Mm -hmm. They only happen maybe every 800 years or so. He was born at a time when there was what was called the greatest conjunction mm -hmm. when Jupiter and Saturn came together in the sign of the Rashi of Pisces. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Saturn was across the sky. Mm -hmm. So Saturn gives a drishti, a strong gaze across to these two planets, meaning they got really lit up by the sun. Sorry, mm -hmm. sun gives that drishti. So they're getting really lit up by the sun. Sun is aspecting Saturn and Jupiter who are conjoining. Mm -hmm. It, one of the brightest stars the sky has given us. Yes. And at that time, with those two planets in Pisces lit up by the sun, you would have had what the great wise men knew, the great mm -hmm. wise men who were students of, or teachers of Jyotish, right? The Zoroastrian priests who came bearing gifts at the birth of Jesus, they were following a star, the star mm -hmm. of Bethlehem, it's called. And that is that, that star that we're speaking of. So now you fast forward to today's time, at the time of the great conjunction this year, it will not be aspected by the sun, so it won't be as bright, but it will still be a very bright so-called star. People think it'll be like the Christmas star or the star similar to the star of Bethlehem. It's not a star, it's two planets, but it will look so bright that it will seem like that. And they will be in the sign of Capricorn, but at the same time, the moon will be waxing in Pisces. Hmm. So there is some similarity and some idea that we may be moving into a time where there will be a great movement of maybe young people, sort of a new generation of people who will be rising. And one of my uh, persons that I follow, a great, great teacher, Komila Sutton, she's mm -hmm. talking about perhaps this is going to be like another resurgence that we had in the 60s mm -hmm. of young people coming together, standing together for unity and compassion, but also for justice and freedom for all. We may see that this really is a time where people are really, really motivated to create a world that works for all beings, right? Wow. This beautiful notion of um, that we're all one family mm. and that this may be a message, but of course this is happening in the sign of Capricorn. It's not happening in the sign of Aquarius as many people are saying. Well, like in the Zodiac Western astrology puts it. In Western astrology, it's in Aquarius, but again, Jyotish okay. astrology is based on astronomy. It's based on where these planets actually are. And even Western people will show you a picture mm -hmm. of this great conjunction and they'll show you where the planets are. And even in the picture of the map of the sky that they show, Capricorn is there, mm -hmm. not Aquarius. Mm -hmm. It's happening in early in Aquarius. 
not Aquarius. It's happening, sorry, it's happening early in Capricorn, not in Aquarius. Aquarius. And besides, the age of Aquarius refers to something totally different. Procession mm -hmm. of the equinox. And that's not going to happen until maybe 2595. So we've got another 500 years before we enter the age of Aquarius. We're wow. still in the age of Pisces, which simply means when the sun hits the equinox point, which is March 22nd, on that day, the sun is in Pisces. And of course, the sun will go round, right? The procession of the equinox means there'll be a time. These almost are like mini little yugas. Mm -hmm. So there's a time when the sun, what sign is the sun in on the day of the spring equinox? Mm -hmm. Talking about the Northern Hemisphere. And for us, that's still Pisces. And I don't see why we're in a rush to get out of Pisces. Pisces is a perfectly fine age to be in. Pisces is the age of compassion and love and unity, mm. of intuition, of spirituality, even meditation and meditative retreats. And if you look at it, we go Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn. And in a way, you might see that as a sort of devolution, right? Going backwards. Yes. yes. And uh, Pisces is the age of, of humans reaching or seeking at the very least their divine self. So I feel perfectly fine that it's still the age of Pisces, <laughs> that we're not, that this conjunction is not happening in Aquarius. It's happening in Capricorn. It's happening with Saturn being the stronger of the two planets in Capricorn. And that means that this is a time of building. This is a time of uh, discipline. This is a time of thinking about what is it that we want to build and how can we build slowly and surely Hmm. So that what we build is enduring for the future. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I'm sure we can relate it uh, if you look at all the events that are happening. Even you were saying that in 1960s, you know, there was a new revolution that was starting. And actually, that's true. I mean, when we look at the mm -hmm. human development in the last um, thousands of years, the last 40 to 60 years had the major development than the rest of history. But even though yeah, the previous history helped that last 40 to 60 years to grow. But we saw the real growth in the from 1960s and 70s. And that's yeah. where the technology got uh, upgraded. And uh, many people started questioning some of the beliefs that we were holding on to, which did never made any sense. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it actually comes to a lot of things again. I think we are coming to that area. So when you say, you know, it is not the Aquarius, but it is Capricorn, what difference will it make if it's the Capricorn, if it's not the Aquarius? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. I mean, the, they're both, both Aquarius and Capricorn are signs, stars, stars grouped together in constellations that are ruled by the planet Saturn. Mm. They both have an expression of Saturn to them. So Saturn gives structure. Saturn gives, in a way, limitation. Mm. Saturn limits and constricts as a way of teaching and helping us internalize. I often think of Saturn as an emissary of Shiva. Hmm. Saturn is sort of comes along to remind us not to get too attached to the human, human realm, human actions, material things. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget that you are, you know, an eternal being, an immortal being. So sometimes Saturn will come along and take away from you those things you've gotten attached to. So we had, then we ascribe to Saturn that he causes karma or suffering or, or loss or grief. Well, if you were attached to it, he will have. That will create grief or, or sadness. 
But if you are really anchored in the heart or anchored in the truth of, of your essential nature, then not so much, right? Saturn yeah. and Jupiter are both two of the great teachers. Jupiter is the guru, so he teaches with love and loving kindness and generosity. And Saturn teaches with hard work mm. and discipline, etc. So the fact that they can join together in Capricorn, well, that's where Saturn is very, very strong. But unfortunately, Jupiter is considered to be debilitated there. Mm. Whereas if it were happening in Aquarius, Jupiter is not debilitated in Aquarius. And Aquarius is, is more global. Aquarius is more general. Aquarius is the theme of diversity in unity or unity in diversity. Uh, Aquarius is very mathematical, scientific, technical, technological. People are saying this will be the era of, I mean, this is what happened in 1961. Mm -hmm. The conjunction was in Aquarius. And you see in the 60s, technology took off, right? Yes. And you see people from all walks of life coming together to create this sort of hippie revolution, right? These love-ins and these sit-ins. So Aquarius is very much about humanity, diversity, um, justice for all. Aquarian people tend to be, they love people from all walks of life. It's sort of that idea of the brotherhood of, of man. Well, Capricorn's different in the sense that Capricorn's more conservative, Capricorn's, Capricorn's more practical, Capricorn's more about, let's just get this job done, mm. right? But Capricorn is what we need right now. To me, I think we can get dreamy about what age this is going to be. We can say, oh, I want it to be the age where we're all going to have a new hippie revolution or we're all going to be all for the freedom of all, all beings everywhere. Mm. But look at what the world needs today. What the world needs is Saturnine discipline. We need to pull together and rebuild, to rebuild our economies, to rebuild our social structures, and generally speaking, the fact that Jupiter is debilitated in Capricorn, that can be low morality. Mm. That can even mean an adharmic time. But fortunately, as long as Saturn is there with Jupiter, it cancels out that debilitation. Mm. So, you know, I think you might have seen what I posted today was um, an insight that was given by Swami Shivananda Murti. He's, he gave in 2010 this sort of, he spoke, and maybe you could even say it's a declaration. He was a really great Jyotishi. And he was, in 2010, he called together a sort of convocation of the great Jyotish teachers of the world. And he said, let's look at this Mayan calendar. Mm. Let's look at these predictions for December of 2012. Mm. He said, I wonder if they are off by eight years. Mm. No, not casting any you know, judgment upon, but he was just saying that might be that they had it just a little bit off. You're talking about 20,000, 200,000 years swaths of time. So eight years is very minor. Mm. But his saying was, when he looked at the, the sky, he saw that what they were referring to happens December 20th, 2020, mm. 12, 20, 2020, lots of twos, <laughs> lots of zeros. And the idea meaning that he gave was these will be very adharmic times. Mm. Now, again, does he mean that we're going to head into adharmic times or is this the culmination of adharmic times? And so James Kelleher, who's one of his great students and friends has said, likely this is the culmination of adharmic times. And then we turn the corner on that. Mm. 
after the end of December of this year. And certainly we know that COVID is what? COVID is a result of not living in harmony with nature. Exactly. It's not that we're saying something so terrible that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We're actually having this, Jyotish is the eye of the Vedas. This is an eye that's helping us to see, yeah, if we keep living like this, things continue to go downhill. But if we can try to be more dharmic in our individual lives and in our collective world, then we have a chance. And really what you're doing, literally how you live at your you know, Ayurvedic clinic in Kerala. And what Ayurveda is teaching us is how do we live in harmony with nature? And Jyotish is saying, how do we live in harmony with the cosmic rhythms? Mm. If we can harmonize our lives and we can join forces to harmonize, then we're fine, mm-hmm. right? So it's not really a prediction that the world is going to end. It's a prediction that's hopefully saying the adharmic living comes to a close. And we remember the, the essential message of these Vedic teachings, which is we must live Sanatana Dharma. We must live in harmony with nature and with the cosmos. Wow. I mean, uh, you know, you're, you're saying that uh, if the adharmic aspects or adharmic aspects are coming to an end, actually that makes complete sense. When you look at the whole events that are being coming out and if you connect the dots backwards, yeah. Even in Gita, it's, you know, uh, there is a saying, whenever there is a lot of adharma, there is a new mm-hmm. revolution that will happen where dharma will be uplifted again. So yeah. in fact, uh, adharma is like a preparation for dharma to show up again. You know, that's yeah. another way of looking at like the ebb and tide that we see. And, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's interesting how you talk about the word dharma. I mean, if you decode the word dharma, you know, it has two sounds like ma means my purest self. And da means to protect, sustain, or to nurture. So, the okay, even though we say dharma has many meanings, like moral duty, or what is your duty, or what is your passion, like many other people say. <laughs> but if you decode the word uh, dharma, it actually means uh, anything that protects my purest self. Yeah. yeah. That's what the, if you decode the word and break it into the sandhis of the Sanskrit formulations, the word dharma means how can I be in uh, anything that protects my purest self? And in fact, in Ayurveda, the word for health is swasta. Swa yeah. means my purest self and sta means again connected. So being connected to my purest self. And this yeah. purest self is just nature, you know, the intelligence of nature. Right. So I think all the disconnection that we've had with nature, you know, I was reading in somewhere, uh, looking at the way the flights are creating the pollution and the industrial uh, pollution is happening, this is not sustainable. The flights, the current flights, it cannot fly forever. You know, at one yeah. point of time, we'll have to find a much better uh, way where we are in connection with nature, not so much of creating pollutions. So I think uh, this COVID is like, on one hand, yes, it created a lot of PTSD. I think it created more mental diseases than the problems with the virus and mm-hmm. a lot of job losses but mm-hmm. definitely this is like a new awakening we could look at it that aspect well you know we talked last time the, the covid was happening while rahu and ketu were very strong mm-hmm. in gemini and sagittarius respectively and that will cause a lot of mental dis dysregulation yes. disorder a lot of uh you know people going off into fantasy realms and 
a lot of anxiety, etc. And that was there, I think, to, to reflect back to us that we need to anchor in mm-hmm. to the purest self. Who am I really? And when you talk about, and thank you for saying a dharma, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, 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 we learned Sanskrit. But in, in, in English, we would say a to really emphasize a dharma. But mm-hmm. I'm not even sure we've made, I've been clear. In, in Sanskrit, the a before word means the opposite of, right? So exactly. vidya, avidya, dharma, a dharma. So just for people who are listening who aren't, like you, who don't know what adharma even means, just to say that either we live dharmically or we're not living dharmically, mm-hmm. right? We're either living an enlightened life or we're living an endarkened life. Exactly. And of course, if we can just really anchor into the purest self, which as you say, is nature. Mm-hmm. Even Ma, I love how Ma, we call Mother Earth. Yes. Ma. And so even it's about really, how do we recognize that I am not separate Mm-hmm. from nature i am not separate from that creative power that created all of nature i'm not even separate from the stars and the moons and the planets exactly which have a gravitational force and an electromagnetic force and the more that we can harmonize the more we feel ourselves soaring mm-hmm. but not because i as an individual have that greatness but because i am in harmony with the greatness of the world i live in Mm-hmm. that's very powerful and i love what you said about the planes i saw recently too that american airlines has said they were they're going to go zero um what do they call it zero carbon emission or carbon emissions in five years or something it's very mm-hmm. soon and so uh, even in 1961 the last time that saturn and jupiter were conjoining together in aquarius even then we in our country my country we had born at that time someone who became a great dharmic leader Mm-hmm. And so we may have more people born, we may have one or two or a collective uh, leaders born in this year, 2021. But can we wait? Can we wait till they're grown up, mm-hmm. till they're adults? I think it's more about all of us joining together. That, But never forget, this is happening in Capricorn. So Capricorn wants to ground it. Mm-hmm. Capricorn says, enough of this dreaminess, enough of you doing your spiritual practice on a mountaintop. What are we going to do together? How do we come together and have practical solutions that make a difference? You know, I'm very hopeful, but I'm hopeful because it's going to be very practical, very mm-hmm. pragmatic. Step by step, the tortoise wins the race. Exactly. <laughs> and the tortoise is Saturn in this case. <laughs> exactly. Capricorn. So uh, looking at 2020, you know, it has been, for some people, it has been uh, really miserable years. For some people, it has been, okay, like for the owner of zoom i think he had a fantastic year mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. okay, you see two extremes but uh, not many many people had mixed emotions with that so now we transiting into 2021 because new year always you know it's a time of new hopes i want to bring in more good habits i want to look forward to make this year much better than what happened in the last year so an astrological yeah. point of view and with what we are going through collective consciousness were what can we look forward for 2021? No, this is a great question. So there's two major things that are shifting. One, Rahu Ketu, the lunar nodes, north and south lunar nodes, have shifted. And they shifted late September Mm -hmm. from Gemini, Sagittarius, respectively, to Taurus and Scorpio, respectively. Mm -hmm. That means they've gone from places where they are fierce Mm -hmm. to places where they are actually quite generous. Mm -hmm. In, they are now in their exalted positions. 
Rahu wants stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Rahu is very materializing and Ketu is very spiritualizing. Rahu is in Taurus, which means Rahu gets to kind of, you could say Rahu is in a place now where Rahu will work with nature mm -hmm. to help us hopefully rebuild the economy. Hopefully we can rebuild it's okay to have material things, right? We have to live in this world. We are human. And Rahu is going to help to bring tools for that. But meanwhile, K2 is in a very spiritualizing place. K2 is in Scorpio, which is all about transformation. Mm -hmm. K2 is actually inviting many people to redouble your spiritual practices, to double back on those um, desires that you have to know thyself, mm -hmm. to build the inner fire. And so K2 is, is offering the potential for transformation, shifts towards your greater being. On the one hand, Rahu helping us to build our material life. And then on the other hand, K2 saying, yes, but I want to go to the mountain. I want to do my meditations. I want to do my practices. Mm -hmm. But there are better places for us. At least we can create a life that is fulfilling. Meantime, all of last year, uh, Jupiter was in, in Sagittarius which should be good because Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius, but Jupiter indicates the elite. Mm. So the elite were somewhat secluded, you might say, mm -hmm. or protected from the ravages of COVID. Mm -hmm. They could live in their little ivory towers. They didn't really lose their money. The, the stock market was bang, gangbusters. I mean, the stock market was great for them. Mm -hmm. So for people whose money is basically stock market, they were doing really well in 2020. Hmm. Now Jupiter goes to Capricorn, where Jupiter is not strong, hmm. and Saturn is is now in charge. Saturn hmm. is the planet that relates to the farmer, to the in Italian they say il popolo, hmm. the, the populace, the people in general, hmm. everyone else. And so now it's time for the everyone else, right? I don't like this word, the masses. I think that's a disrespectful word. Hmm. But now it's time for everyone else who doesn't necessarily make their money off the stock market or stay in their ivory towers or their big palaces and kingdoms. Now is the time for the people, the people to create the world they want to create. Now they have Jupiter's help, but Jupiter's not in charge. Hmm. The elite are not in charge anymore. The people are in charge now. And that will be true for at least the first part of 2021 up until April, then Jupiter moves on to Aquarius. Mm. So that we have, we have exalted nodes, we have Saturn in a very strong place, somewhat lifted by Jupiter. I think we're going to have big visions. We're going to have a, a strong sense of, you know, Jupiter gives the vision, the sense of my higher self, my higher purpose. Mm. And Saturn comes in to say, how do we make that available for all people? And how do we build that in an enduring, lasting way? And that's why I do see it's something of a renewal of the 60s hope unity love but i think this will be more practical and more enduring and more solid foundation for us to build the world that we want to build oh that's quite uh, remarkable what you said i mean um uh, even though we say history repeats itself but there are many aspects of history that are becoming obsolete only that you read about it in history i mean few centuries ago, if you said uh, Earth is not the center of the world, you could be stoned to death. And, yeah, right. And now those, and what you said with the Saturn, that sounds very much like what Karl Marx did a few decades ago. You know, you have nothing to lose but your chains. And it sounds like you have nothing to lose but your aethermic patterns that were forced onto you. 
I mean, well, that... to be honest, most women that I know, mm -hmm. we have almost we almost have a memory of being wrapped a rope around us, tied up to a pole, and then a fire lit. Exactly. I mean, I think if you were an Ayurvedic practitioner and you were female <laughs> in Europe, or even if you were just you know in the European version of that mm -hmm. mixing herb, mm -hmm. you know that's a power. There was power yes. there. And there were the elites who didn't want you to have any power. Mm. You know that in, it, when occupying forces came to India, exactly. they did not want people practicing Ayurveda because that's a power that they didn't want you to have. So this is not very long ago. Mm. Even India very, very recently had uh, punishments for you practicing your great and sacred sciences. Oh yes. What's beautiful is that you see, what does India do with that? They say, oh, no problem. You came and took it away from us, but we want to let you know this is the greatest power and everybody should have it. So now the Indian people go out across the world and share it with the world. That's how you kind of so-called get your revenge. You generously give it to the world. It's amazing. The, the resilience of the Indian heart, the capacity of the Indian mind is great. And, and we're so, so lucky to have I feel very, very blessed. <laughs> I mean, so just on that note of how, yeah, not too long ago, we all have a, a, a close memory, really, exactly. of how we couldn't practice these, these great sciences. I mean, uh, talking about India, see, it, it's such diverse, you will see all the extremes. Mm. On one hand, you will see fanatism. On one hand, you see the liberation to that extreme. And mm. uh, I think India is like an ocean, you know, everything, it absorbs anything and everything. Either you yeah. love it or you hate it. There's no in between. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way to put it. It's an ocean and like water, which holds. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, do you know by any chance when India will open the borders? <laughs> oh. Um, With how the planets are moving and how the world will reopen i think well oh so there's a couple of couple of answers there i'm, I'm just trying to pull up india's chart and i'm not seeing it right now but mm -hmm. india uh first of all in general with this month of december is very lively there's a lot going on we had a lunar eclipse on november 30th we have a solar eclipse on december 14th we have a lot of planets are con conjuncting k2 the south node and we have uh, Mercury's Gandanta, Sun just went Gandanta, Mars is going Gandanta next week. So these planets are getting all knotted up. Mm -hmm. But finally, later this month, Mars does go into Aries and finishes the retrograde arc on January 3rd. And Mars, I think, in and plus we'll get through this great conjunction. So we're going to start to see in January solutions to the problem, mm. right? The vaccine is getting delivered and things start to open up. But I think that as long as Jupiter remains uh, with Saturn, we still have a little bit of mm, breaks. The breaks are still on. And then okay. Jupiter escapes into Aquarius uh, April. I see. April 5th of 2021. April 5th and, of 2021. Yeah. And then, you know, really we have... Saturn's strong in, in, in Capricorn, helping us to rebuild those nodes, as I said, are very, very strong in their points of exaltation of Taurus and, and Scorpio. Um, so I think by, by I just, I have, I've said this since Jupiter moved into Capricorn late November of this year, mm. but now we have to get through all of these December 
craziness of the sky. Once, you know, 2020 was a very intense sky, right? Oh, yes. From the beginning, we've had very intense planets and planetary events. But I do think that we are starting to really get some freedom after the first week of January. Wow, that's quite interesting. So this 2021, we can really, it's not like, you know, people say that 2021, uh, we will be carrying forward all the baggage. I mean, definitely the economic recession that we that we are manifesting with this, we definitely have to resolve in the next two, three or even a decade. But however, I think uh, things are only, okay, apart from few countries which are suffering with extreme winter, I think all the rest of the world is slowly getting better and better and opening up. So yeah. when you look at it that way, after the winter gets over, some of the European countries will also open up and things will change. Well, right. And simultaneously, uh, people are getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. uh, there's really some good news about some of the Ayurvedic herbs as well that are being studied. Yes. So, I mean, in India, we are, we are, we are very fortunate that uh, the government has taken a pro, pro, you know, proactive method to go and tell the masses, please use uh, Ayurveda or Siddha and even do yoga. And they even gave a protocol how an Ayurvedic doctor can practice for a COVID-tested positive patient and what you can do with that. So that was a real eye-opening. I mean, this wouldn't have happened few decades ago but now this is yeah. happening so we all are like wow how is the government coming and saying this because Ayurveda was like okay it's like a quackery things this is like the global consciousness about Ayurveda even if you look at Wikipedia they say it's like a pseudoscience but yeah. now things are changing this COVID got a lot of leverage for Ayurveda and the natural healing you know, healing systems yeah well I think this is also this sense that, and I hope that this is the right way to interpret what Swami Shivananda Murti was talking about, that there's such a culmination of planetary events mm -hmm. on December 20th, 21st. And hopefully it becomes this kind of like, finally we're through mm -hmm. that dark tunnel of a Dharma where uh, so many of us have been so in, in, enlivened by and healed by Ayurvedic practices yes. and to, to see that even the country of India once might not have heralded as the best and purest science is yes. interesting, isn't it? And we need to get to the other side of that. We need to get to the other side of colonialism. Exactly. That's the bottom line. <laughs> well, I think and so it's legacy. Slowly we are we're getting there. We're getting there. Like I, think, I really think we're getting there. I think it's going to pop. Yeah, exactly. I think like how they talk in epigenetics, like, you know, you can hold on to your patterns for more than three centuries. So uh, I think uh, we are close to third century right now. So maybe it will change slowly. Right. But isn't that interesting, too, that epigenetics is also saying you can you can just dissolve it. Exactly. And that's what's in this happening. lifetime. You don't have to hold on to the same patterns. You know, we can change. We can change even our genetic code. Yeah. Yes. Thank but you. But you know what's so beautiful is, and you, no, 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 I was just going to say, you even, you mentioned it even in your podcast recently with your professor, mm -hmm. this idea that even property can change. There's nothing in us that's absolutely fixed. Exactly. The only thing that's fixed in us is something that created us. Exactly. There's some quiet, peaceful place within us that is 
that's non-changing reality, but everything else, even the genetic code can be altered. I mean, that's the beauty of this time that we live in. Uh, and what has happened is we are, we are taking this time so much for granted that if this situation was happening, like, let's say like five decades ago, we wouldn't be suffering so much because at that time we didn't take so much of what we had for granted. Okay, five decades ago, you couldn't travel abroad just like with a click of a button and within 24 so hours, true. you can reach another continent. Mm-hmm. And today, so you know, you're so used to like, okay, I want to go to another country. Let's just book it online and you don't have to stand in queue mm-hmm. and you don't have to wait for a long period and stay in that mm-hmm. ship for nine months. Nothing of that mm-hmm. sort. And mm-hmm. actually the comfort the technology gave us is also the one that is making us suffer because we miss that freedom that we took it so much for granted. I think this, in that right. aspect, this conjunction is a way to ground us, like you said. Exactly. And that's what Rahu represents, all of our external desires. And so last year, Rahu just said, okay, so let's see what those are. I feel like this, 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 this one of the big lessons of this time is, is to say, what would your life be if it were simpler? Mm-hmm. How would you feel if you had a life where you didn't, you couldn't go everywhere? Exactly. But you can still go out into nature. You can still be with your loved ones. And I do feel that a lot of people are being asked these difficult questions. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with the people you're living with? Are you happy with the work that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Are you abundant? Is there another way to create more abundance in your life? These are big and difficult questions. And if you got, if you had been, excuse me for saying, riding the waves, you might even say a little bit lazy about it. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, these, this may have been a very challenging year for you. But the ultimate purpose of it is to ask the important questions. What is your life about? Are you happy? Are you creatively expressed? Are you in service to others? Mm-hmm. Are you living your Dharma? Exactly. And even when you said, you know, some people have the idea that Dharma means duty. Mm-hmm. It could be said that it is your duty to live your Svadharma, to live your Svasta, to live your essence. Hmm. And not to get so distracted by all that is external. And if that has been the lesson and the teaching of this time, that's what Mishivananda Murti was talking about. Yes, the end times came. We couldn't, we could no longer go to discos and go to bars and, and go dancing all the time and go shopping all the time and go flying around the world all the time. Hmm. Now we have to go inward and we have to you know, really live more simply. Mm. Is that so bad? Right? Yes, not, yes. not so bad. And actually it helps the world, the earth to regenerate. It helps families, children to regenerate, right? It helps all of us remember what really matters. Exactly. And for that, I'm grateful. I think uh, all the non-essential luxuries, Uh, we start questioning, is this really what we need? And in fact, if you look at what is spoiling the nature, it is actually the non-essential luxuries. Yes. And that is the greed. You know, like Gandhi used to say, world has everything for what one wants, but not for their greeds. Like what we need, we have it. But it's the greed spoiling everything. And there's enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed, right? Yes. And, and one thing that I want to say, you're talking about beautifully that because of Saturn, it comes with a lot of limitations and constraints. But mm-hmm. in fact, all great developments happen when we have constraints because constraints yes. make us to be mm-hmm. intelligent. You know? mm-hmm. When you have everything abundant, we miss the value of it. We don't appreciate what we are having. And it's actually the constraint that is making us 
rethink, revalue, and reset our whole approach of thinking to that. If you think of the most beautiful sculpture, the most beautiful architecture where the building almost seems to fly, mm -hmm. well, but it's very well grounded. Exactly. The structure of it is well balanced. Saturn relates to the bones or the spine, the <clears throat> skeletal system. And I always like to think, you know, our thyroid, our hormones, our, our scapula, our sacral, mm. they look like wings, exactly. don't they? But they're attached to the <laughs> spine. So there's Saturn keeping us grounded, keeping us whole in integrity, but indicating the capacity to fly. Exactly. Right? But we can't fly or we'll fall. <laughs> we'll crash. But Saturn says, look, I'll help you. So mm. Saturn is almost like Yama. And then you have Niyama. Mm, Yama's mm. Niyamas. And those come first. And then you have Asana, Pranayama. Right? But first, let's get the structure right. Mm -hmm. Let's limit it. Pranayama. Let's limit or control the breath so that we can have freedom, exactly. so that we condition the nervous system to feel ourselves expansive. I love Saturn. <laughs> I feel like Saturn is the gift that enables us to fly and to feel free. But first, there must be Saturn. Exactly. And that's what I feel 2021 is going to be about growth yeah. and groundedness. I mean, I'll just say one more thing. I was uh, learning with an astrologer and one uh, person came for a consultation with him and he said that he went to another astrologer in the past and he said that uh, he's having the wrath of Saturn and something terrible is going to happen. So he came with a lot of fear what's mm -hmm. going to happen. Fear. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, and then with this astrologer, he's, he doesn't speak English. He's very... Uh, I mean, he speaks in his local language yeah. and uh, he, his intuition is like mind blowing. You know, that's how he reads a person's energy. The moment he steps in, he can feel and sense what that person's soul is, what his energy is, how it is mm. and how it will be. Mm. That's the kind of, he's like an energy detector to that extent. So yeah. he was saying, so, okay, uh, I, I was told that I'm going through this Sade Sat, seven and a half Saturn period. Yeah. And uh, I will have a lot of issues with relationship, money, and many other things. So this gentleman, this astrologer, he was saying, okay, it is not like that. We can look at it that way, but <laughs> let's look at it another way. Yeah. Saturn period is the time for your growth. Mm -hmm. And Saturn is the period. It is like, it is making you aware of what is important to you. And Saturn is the period when you give up your false ego. And he says that, you, are, you will definitely lose money, but make sure you're losing it for the right things. Invest it on things that will uplift you, like invest it on your health, invest it on learning new things, invest it on things that will appreciate. Don't invest it on luxury and things that are not going to make any sense to you. Don't buy stuff that are going to depreciate. Rather, invest it on land, invest it on learning, invest it on health, invest on things that will uplift your whole consciousness. And then he was saying about relationship, don't expect others to take you for granted. You have to practice nonviolent communication. This is what he said. This is a great way to understand others. So Saturn is like teaching you the heights of Zen or you know, practicing spirituality at its best. Yeah. I always say, you know, Jupiter is your your Jupiter and Saturn Saturn are, are the great teachers of the mm -hmm. cosmos. And mm -hmm. Jupiter is your grandmother who's roly poly. You get to her house, she enwraps you in her beautiful hugs. She makes all your favorite meals. You get to watch movies, whatever you want. There's candy mm. everywhere mm. and you get to sleep in bed, just getting cuddles all night. And in the morning, she makes your favorite breakfast and it's just joy. 
And Jupiter teaches you that the world has got your back, that you are loved, you belong, and there's safety here. Saturn is the grandmother who you get there, you can't find her. When you finally find her, she's out back. She doesn't even say hello. She hands you a broom mm. or a hoe and you just get to work. And yeah. you work and you work and you work and it's cold and it's drafty. And finally at night, she gives you cold gruel. You sleep on a cot in a drafty room. In the morning, it's back to work. It's more gruel for meals. It's nothing joyful. But Saturn is the grandmother who teaches you you're stronger than you knew. Exactly. And you have the capacity to do this. Yeah, and they're I both think, there and they both have value. Exactly. I think when people go forward and when they look back in 2020 and 2021, they would say that was the year that made me super strong. You know, if I could mm -hmm. go through this, I can mm -hmm. go through anything that can mm -hmm. happen. And don't make me go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, but yes, yes, but I, think I learned we'll how strong much I am. better prepared. If such a thing is going to happen, I think we would be much better prepared knowing how humans live. Absolutely. Saturn makes people great. Exactly. Without a strong Saturn, you don't have the endurance. You don't have the capacity to follow through. You don't have the commitment. But Saturn also makes people come to Jyotish. Mm. <laughs> Saturn <laughs> makes people cry and then say, let me find somebody who can understand this and explain it to me. <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what the astrologer said. Most of the people who are coming, they are going through a tough Saturn period or they are under the wrath of Rahu and Ketu. And these are the people who will end up as an astrologer because they're going through something really dark and that that is why they're coming to jyotish to find that light you know how can i navigate through these times like a yeah and if you're blessed enough if yeah. you're blessed enough to come to to jyotish and and to help you understand it then it may be that you went through that dark time in order to be free exactly to now live your soul's purpose for the reason that you came alive at this time and i do feel there's many bodhisattvas there's many people who have come alive now because of this great conjunction, there are more and more people who have come alive now. Because, you know, like in the Ramayana, the world needs to restore Dharma. Exactly. And I don't think it's one person. I think it's many. It's a collective feeling. Collective. It's a collective, yeah. It's a collective effort as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so well put. Wow. So, so I, think, I think if I take the whole essence of this interview with you, one is India is going to open the borders by April because of Jupiter is transiting. And the other one is I, 2021 is the year of groundedness and practical things. 2021 is the year of groundedness, building, be practical, be pragmatic, no extremes, no like not thinking, oh, everything's going to be fine. I just got some money in my pocket. I'll go spend it. Mm -hmm. Take care. But mostly just like we said earlier, what are your core values? Mm -hmm. What is your vision for yourself? Mm. What is your vision for your life, for your family? When you die, what do you want people to say about you? Mm. Now is the time to take action in the direction of your great truth. You could even say towards your greatness. Step-by-step, mm -hmm. step, sure-footed, climb the mountain, and you will make it. I think it's going to be a beautiful year, 2021. But it's going to be a beautiful year for those who are mindful, mm -hmm. those who meditate, those who, you know, have a sense of dharma. Exactly. Wow, the year of connecting back to your true self, 2021. Thank you so much, Laura. It was, as again, you know, I love chatting with you in these uh, mind-blowing discussions, which is <laughs> not so common to have, but uh, it's really... Uh, it's really great that we have such Jyotishis like you uh, enlightening people with the right kind of wisdom. 
So thank you again, and we look forward to see you again. Thank you, and and a deep, deep bow to you and to all of your family, your ancestors, to all the great Vedic scientists and practitioners from India of all time. I really thank you, India. Welcome. Thank you, Vignesh. Thank you. Thank you.